So let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Outpost of Heaven, the podcast. This is Emily, and I'm here with Andrew. Hey everybody, we apologize for the unannounced break in your regular, regularly scheduled programming last week. Someone decided to be all sick and sound like an ogre. So An ogre? <laughs> what? You did. That's funny. So, I will let you guess who sounded like an ogre. and It was me. It was. It was. Although I don't know what an ogre sounds like, except now I'm thinking about Shrek. But so you have a Scottish accent. A yeah, gr- a gross Scottish accent. <laughs> so a cold do you like me. Shrek? Um, yeah, I do. I really don't like Shrek. No, yeah. I, I like it. I don't know why. I, I don't like. Funny. I don't like cartoons that are really designed for adults. I yeah. think they're like especially gross. Like it would have been better if it had been like a real life thing, like a yeah. live action. Anyway. Emily, if you've been following us on Instagram, you know this already. Emily went to the LDSHE conference or West Conference, which is a conference for home educators, so like home homeschoolers, um, especially those that are Latter Day Saint, uh, Latter Day Saints. And so she was out there and had a ton of great th- takeaways. I'm really excited for this episode because. The while the conference was really focused on home educators, it did. Uh, there were uh, there were a lot of really good principles that are generally applicable to anybody involved in pedagog pedagogy. I think that's how you pronounce that pedagogy in teaching. Teaching anybody in, involved in teaching, and you'll be able to apply this in your own life, whether it's with your kids or with other kids or in your own like, your own personal development and growth as you're teaching yourself or as you're going to school. So I think this is going to be a really beneficial episode, regardless of what your current education situation looks like right now. Right. Yeah. And I, I like that you just said that it's not all the way 100% about homeschooling. Like there's so much of it that applies to parenting. So that is fantastic. And I am not sure where to start. Um, well, how did you hear about it? Let's start, let's start there. Yeah, so I heard about it from our friend Courtney Richardson, who we had on the podcast. We have two episodes with Courtney talking about homeschool. And we, she had been talking about this conference a lot, and I didn't really think a whole lot of it because I was like, well, I'm not there yet. Like, my kids are still really little. I, I can think about that later. And she ended up, um, being asked to speak at this or signed up to speak. I'm not sure how that works, but she was a speaker at it and invited me to go, like officially invited me like, Hey, you should go. (laughs) And I was like, no, probably not. And then ended up going and it was the best decision. I'm sure she'll appreciate that impersonation of her voice. No, I don't mean, I don't No, 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 it was very nice. She did it in a very nice way. Emily was just being funny. No, she was really nice. She took me on a drive and was like, this is the homeschool conference and you should really go. And it was great. Um, and I'm so glad that I went. It was amazing. And I want to go every year. I didn't really even think that they did this kind of stuff. Like 
I got there and I was like, this is amazing that a bunch of Latter-day Saints have come together and we're all going to talk about schooling our children. I was like, this is fantastic. So, yeah, I'm going to go all the time. And anybody else who wants to come, meet me there because it's awesome. Yeah, so they have a West Conference and an East Conference, right? Yeah, so the West one is in Utah. I think um, the past few times it's been in Orem. And the East Conference, I think they switch it up. This past year it was in Tennessee, and I think next year will be in Virginia or something. So. And we love Virginia. Oh, yeah. Virginia's so pretty. pretty. If it's at Southern Virginia University, I'm definitely coming with you because I love. That'd be so fun. And the spouses get in for free. So you only, like, if you're going to bring your spouse, like, it's a free ticket. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. I don't know where should I mean I don't I, know. So I, think, I just have I like think, a jumble of notes I think that should, I just let's love. Just, let's just jumble, bumble through your jumble, and I will ask questions and engage, and we'll take it from there. Okay, so when I came into homeschooling, let me back up. We only have one child that we're really homeschooling. Hiram is five, turning six. So this past year, we did kindergarten basically at home and then with ruth she's three and a half and we did like a preschool but very like unformal informal very relaxed barely anything at all actually but she kind of just like overheard us with me and hiram to kindergarten things and she caught on anyways and When we started with this homeschooling kindergarten thing, I just got really excited about having school at home because as a kid, like I've always loved, I always loved the setting of school. I like a desk. I like organized folders. I like, do you remember that episode of the office when they're doing the yearly reviews and Angela's like, I love to be. Or what? Not reviewed. I love to be judged. Is that oh, what it was? Something like that. Yeah. Oh gosh, it was like a performance analysis. Oh man, she said I can't remember the specific word. Basically, that's Emily. Like she loves to be judged, and she loves like to be graded, and she loves like like that environment. I love filling out paperwork. I love. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, I'm just. That's just. I love those things. I love school supplies. I love all the things regarding that. And so I was excited to take that, like, we will have school, I will make a classroom setting for school, and it totally backfired. And then I thought I was failing at it because it wasn't working, and, yeah. and it wasn't school because we weren't... What's that show you watch off of, on, was it on Netflix, the where When Calls the Heart? Or yes, yeah. The one like about the Canadian school teacher? Yeah. She, I, I think in your head you thought you were just going to be her in your own little schoolhouse, but with, much. with our kids. Yeah. Yeah. And it just didn't work. And I felt like I was a failure because we weren't doing school at home when really we were learning tons and we were doing school-like things. I was educating, but we weren't sitting down at a table with folders and cute cubbies and the things you know getting to this conference and learning from other people's experiences really taught me that I wasn't a failure that homeschool doesn't have to look like public school at home 
it can look however you want it to look and however works for you and your kids and your family. And I learned this year that as much as my heart wants a classroom setting to work for my kids in our own house, it just, it's not in this phase of life. Maybe someday it will, but in this phase of life with four little kids, like it just doesn't work for our family. Right. So that was the, one of the biggest takeaways was like, I'm not a failure. It looks different and it's going to look different. And something I also learned, that's going to be like my catchphrase of the whole episode. Something I learned. <laughs> so instead of just having a, all of your points kind of shotgunned out everywhere. Right. Because that would be fun for everyone to hear. Let me ask, why do you homeschool? Did you leave this feeling like you've, did you leave this conference thinking that you understood why you want to homeschool more? I think that I don't have that answer 100% yet. But part of my answer is that I want to be involved in what my children are learning. And that doesn't mean you can't be involved if you public school. Um, but I want, I want to be there. I want to be involved and I want to uh, kind of be in control of what they're learning. I think if, and I, I've told people this before, but if I were sending my kids to the public school that I went to in the 90s and early 2000s, I would be totally fine with that because I had a great experience with public school. I, my personality, like I was really shy and I got bullied, but like other than that, like it was a really good experience. But I think that we are living in a different time. I know we're living in a different time and I just don't really feel comfortable with sending my kids to public school in this day. So what would you say? And I don't, want Good. like I really don't want to offend anyone by saying that so please 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 I'm not trying to offend you I these are just my honest thoughts about me and my own family yeah and eventually when it comes down to it like yes we don't offend people but people are going to be offended if they want to be offended so like if, if okay. that offends but, you but I'm yes. sorry that that offends you but that's where we've decided we want to like, right what we said we want to do for our family yeah so I'm not going to be offended that you're doing what you're doing for your family. Just don't be offended what we're doing for our family. Okay. So, did this conference help you gain clarity on those answers or kind of flesh those answers out a little bit more? Um, it, it did. It gave me, like, confidence and enthusiasm. Because this whole year I spent with Hiram doing this, I was... Going back and forth. Should we do this? Should we not do this? I don't know. What am I doing? I am so confused. I'm not confident. And all these doubts. But going and being with other people that are doing the same thing and realizing that women are 10, 15 years into homeschooling and they're still changing what they do and they still are like learning. It really gave me confidence that like, oh, I don't have to get this perfect. The way I did it this year doesn't mean that I have to do it the same way for the next 15 years. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, I'm a lot more confident and a lot more excited about the whole journey and the whole process. Good. Yeah. Um, the main theme, I guess I would say too, 
is that for myself, I learned that homeschooling is is like a culture. It's like a family culture. It's that homeschooling is a lifestyle of curiosity and a love of learning. And I love that. I think that there are so many different ways to homeschool. And I came to the conference thinking like, okay, tell me how, tell me what to do, because that's kind of in my personality too. I am not a good creator of systems, but if someone makes a system for me, I can usually follow it pretty well. Which is funny because I am... A creator of systems. I am the opposite. I, yeah. I'm i not a good maintainer. I don't, I'm not at work and home, all those things. I'm not the one to maintain a good system, but mm-hmm. I can come up with the system really well and I enjoy that. And I'm, yeah. I'm good at that, but the whole maintenance of systems, <laughs> not my forte. Yeah, we're like the opposite in that. But I was expecting to be told, here's how to homeschool. And like a formula, you know. And that's just not what I got, and I'm so glad that I didn't get that. I'm glad that I learned that there is no one right way. That you can you can learn in your home however you need to. So do you feel like most of what they covered, maybe I would say most of what they covered, most of what you got, so not what they covered, but what was most of what you got out of the conference, like practical tips or skills, or you said the word systems before, so I'll use that, or was it more along the lines of like a pep talk, encouraging you can do it, that Mm -hmm. kind of vibe and feel? Uh, I think it was a mixture, but I would say it was leaning more towards the practical. They had keynote speakers. So again, the question wasn't necessarily like what they did. Yeah. It was what I got. What what did you get out of it? Oh, both. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, they had a mixture, but I also got a mixture. I I came really needing some encouragement, and I got it from speakers and also from making some connections there and some friends. So it was it was really good to be able to talk to other homeschooling parents about their own journeys because I was like, oh, okay, like get it just getting a peek inside someone else's homeschooling life or routine is very fascinating and helpful. Yeah. Some of the practical things that I really enjoyed hearing about were morning baskets, which is basically like your routine, your morning routine in a basket or on a shelf or however you want to put it. But so for our family, I don't have this down yet, but we have library books and we have like come follow me resources. We have the friend, which is like the church magazine for kids. We sing songs, so I in my morning basket, I could put in the friend, I could put in, like, two library books, and um, we have, like, nursery rhyme songs or primary songs that I've written on sticks, so I could put our stick jar, our song jar, in the morning basket, and that just kind of keeps the morning, everybody knows that this is what we're doing in the morning, and then we do whatever school thing that we're going to do that day. So that that was interesting, and it, that looks different for every family. Some people were talking about how they have a poem they're memorizing that they stick in there, or a scripture verse, or... This they... sounds exhausting. Why? I don't know. Why does this sound exhausting? I think I feel overwhelmed by this. Art, do you? I think so. Oh. 
I'm sorry. It sounds like a lot of like. Good. No, go ahead. A lot of a lot of what? What was your? What were you gonna say? No, a lot of what? I don't know. It seems like a lot. It's. I think it's a lot of work to create the system, which is funny because you said like you're a systems guy. I think that like the systems with the kids. Mm-hmm. See, so creating like structured systems for kids, kind not stresses me out, but just seems like a lot of work. Because of, I mean, think about implementing the systems that we do have, like our bedtime routine, which we've done for years at this point, and it's still exhausting to do. Yeah, no, it is. And so, this, what was the benefit? Like, why did they say this is a good thing to have? It's a. It could be. It doesn't mean that you have every family has to do this. It was just everything they talked about were ideas. You know. Right. right. So, what was the so idea behind the what, idea behind this? this? Was that. If you're a structure person, then this might provide some more structure for your day. And it can allow you to check off the boxes that you feel are important for your family to have every single day. Okay. Yeah, yeah I get that. Because it's like, if, if you don't have like, if you don't have it built into the structure, it's easy to forget or to like find excuses to not do certain things right okay that makes sense yeah another practical thing which i thought was so cute but we can't really i mean maybe we could do this with young kids but it's called um poetry tea time and basically you you poetry is way more um used in homeschool than i ever thought I would have never even thought, but like, it's super common for homeschool families to have poetry that they're reading from, like a book of poems that they're reading from, that they're memorizing, that they're like practicing rewriting. So they use poetry a lot. And that was pretty shocking to me in a good way. I thought that was really cool. But there are these activities that a lot of people do that I just was like, this was also foreign to me that I'm just really excited about all of it. So I'm sorry if it just feels like I'm throwing up on everybody. But poetry tea time. I think so, but it's kind of hard for me to understand. Yeah. So poetry tea time is basically like you have a tea party and you uh, kind of go around sharing a poem or you can invite other homeschool families over for like a poem recitation where you have like your like little tea party and you say your little poem and i think it's just so cute i I thought that was adorable oh so you said that you don't really like poetry you feel like you have a hard time understanding it Mm -hmm. i think that kind of highlights a concern that you've had in the past and i wanted to know if you kind of found an answer for this Mm -hmm. what do you do when you feel strongly about covering a topic or utilizing a specific medium that you struggle with personally I love that as a homeschool parent, you get to learn with your kids. So even though you feel like, even though I feel like I struggle with learning or understanding a certain topic, or I felt like, well, I didn't get that when I, like, I didn't understand that when I was in school. doesn't mean that you can't understand it now. and doesn't mean that you might be way more interested in it now than you were in grade school so i just think it's really cool that you get to learn alongside your kids and when you do feel like it's something that's just way out of your 
your wheelhouse wheelhouse yeah wheelhouse is that right or capacity your toolbox your yeah. capacity Wheel, wheelhouses works like wheelhouse works we talked a lot about outsourcing that when you decide to be a homeschool parent like you have to realize that you can't do it all you can't you can't keep a spotless house and do all of your hobbies and homeschool all of your kids and provide them with all of the classes that they want and the extracurriculars that they want and all of the things by yourself. You have to outsource some things or you have to ask for help from friends or family or find someone else to teach a topic that you're not familiar with. Um, And I just, I really love that they emphasize that. Like it's not a failure at all to reach out and ask for help or to outsource or to go to public school for one particular subject or one particular extracurricular. So one thing that we started doing, I've started doing with the kids is finding someone in the ward that has a particular interest or hobby or skill that I don't have. Ward being our congregations, if you're not a right. member of the church. And asking them to help us learn about this. So like, hey, can we come over for a field trip and um, get a tour of your garden? Or teach us about chickens? Or um, one lady in our ward, her goats just had babies. And so we kids. (laughs) And so we went over there and we got to see the, the kids and her other farm animals. And just utilizing the people around you because people that have skills and talents like they want to share them yes yeah, and i think that kids. they would yeah with kids they would love to teach your kids about chickens mm-hmm. or whatever it is that they're interested in yeah. so there are more people than you think that are out there ready to help you with the subjects and the the skills that you might not have yeah so this one's not really It's practical, yes, but it's also spiritual. And it's probably the most important. Okay. Ask for revelation. You have to be praying about your homeschool and how to do it and what your family needs. Like, And I love that, that if you pray for personal revelation and you ask for help, Heavenly Father is going to show you exactly what you need and... And help you out with that. We had an experience a couple weeks ago. And we shared about it on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Where we skinned that snake. And we had been talking about um, vertebrates and invertebrates. And at the time, I was just kind of like, why? What are we even doing? Like, I know I'm supposed to be homeschooling because I feel like we should... But I just feel so stuck and I, and you know me, I just, I was spiraling about it. And so we're talking about... spiral. Oh yeah, okay. Um, We were talking about vertebrates and invertebrates and Hiram was like, let's go fishing, we'll catch a fish. And yeah, we'll like fillet it and we'll, we'll see the bones and everything, we'll see the spine. And then Andrew and him ended up catching a snake and we skinned it and we had the same lesson, but it was even cooler and... I just took that as, like, an answer from Heavenly Father, as, like, a a tender mercy of Him showing me that I'm here and I'm ready to, like, place these experiences in your path. Like, you're on the right track. We can do this together. Like, we can can school together. 
and we can learn together. And I'm really grateful for that. And my friend Courtney has been an excellent homeschooling mentor for me, especially in that. She's always telling me, like, I've been praying about this with my homeschool, and I've I've been, like, I'm asking for a revelation on this thing with one of her kids, and she always gets these answers, and I'm always like, what, what? How, how is this so amazing and happening to you all the time? But it's because she's constantly involved with Heavenly Father, praying yeah. about how to teach her yeah. kids certain things. And I that's such an example to me. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think sometimes we get caught in this in this cycle where maybe I'm saying we, I'm just going to refer to me. I get caught in the cycle and I think others might. So if you're in this category, just like me, keep listening. If you're way better than me and this isn't a problem for you, just tune out. You're fine. But I find that sometimes I get uh, my form of complacency is just, or my version of complacency is saying, I'm doing all of the things I'm supposed to be doing. And you just tell yourself I'm doing that. Oh, yeah, I feel that. As opposed to actually sitting and analyzing, am I actually, so I'm praying, but am I actually asking for specific guidance on this specific thing on a regular basis? Right. Or am I actually having really good scripture studies? Am I actually trying to, you know, whatever it is, do my ministering or love my neighbor or forgive others or not gossip or whatever it is, uh, it's easy for us to say, oh, I'm actually doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. as opposed to sitting back and analyzing it and realizing, oh, no, like I I did screw up here. Like I'm not doing this as much as I should. Right. Because it's it's way more uncomfortable to admit that you're doing something wrong and then take action to overcome it than to just continue to make excuses for yourself. Because I think for the most part, if you're on the covenant path and you're trying to do or you want to do what's right, if you're aware that you're not doing something, like you're really cognizant of it, then you're going to be you know, making... Or putting forth at least some effort to overcome it. So the the big struggle, I think, for most people that are on the covenant path is to just realize where they're falling short. Mm-hmm. And then to do something about it. Right. Right. And so I want to be better at this, like, not just in my prayers at night. I think I do a really good job thanking Heavenly Father for the kids and then asking Heavenly Father to bless me to be a better parent for the kids or to like bless the kids in general. Like just a general, please bless Hiram and Ruth and Shiloh and Ammon. Blanket blessings. Blanket blessings as opposed <laughs> to asking for like very specific things because yeah. it takes it takes extra effort. But I, need, I know I need to break that mold mm-hmm. and get into a better habit. And I think uh, Courtney is, is a great example of that. Yeah, and kind of along that same line, we are doing like the little things, which are actually big things, but like we go to church, say our prayers, read the scriptures, you know. But sometimes when you get stuck in that rut of, of doing the, the good things, of doing the good things, that sounds horrible, but like where it's almost that complacency feeling. Okay, not second rut, but you're plateauing. Plateauing, okay, yeah. And it's like, for what? Like, why? I'm reading my scripture. I'm saying my prayers. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, but it's using your scriptures, using your prayers, using your church attendance and your meeting attendance 
to solve your problems, using Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ to solve the yeah. problems that you're having. Instead of just like, oh, like I read my scriptures, I said my prayers, I went to church, I went to my meetings, yeah. and I also have this problem I need to fix. So question but like, about the... bringing your problem into the spiritual things to, to fix. So how yes. do you do that when you are so exhausted at the end of every day? Like when you get to the end of the day and it's scripture time or it's it's time for your nightly prayers or it's Sunday and you're dealing with kids during sacrament meeting mm-hmm. and you have to have, I have to have one kid and you have to have the other kid during second hour because our kids, uh, well, now they're, now Ammon's in nursery, but he wasn't in nursery before. Um, so when you're so exhausted and tired, how do you do that extra step? Well... I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Hot take from Emily. I don't know. Here's some good things. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I don't know because I'm still learning and I I think it's not anything maybe maybe it's not anything extra. It's just different. It's saying your prayers differently. It's reading your scriptures with a different mindset. And maybe not an extra scripture study for a specific problem. I mean, not saying that you can't do that, but like reading your scriptures with the thought in mind of like, hey, I'm also like having this issue with this one child or with this particular point of homeschooling. Like, I'm reading my scriptures. Please bless me with some personal Mm -hmm. revelation here while I'm doing that. And sometimes it's not even related to the scriptures. Sometimes it's just that you're showing Heavenly Father that you're willing, you're in the scriptures, and a thought pump pops into your head, and it's unrelated, but it's still revelation. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I would say, to, to answer my, my question of how do you do it when you're so exhausted with all the other things, I think my answer would be twofold. Sometimes you just can't do more than you can do. Yeah, that's right. true. That's I mean, like, so true. always you can't do more than you can do. Yeah. Right. Um I mean, I guess you can all do all things through Christ who strengthens you, right? But for the most part, um, unless the Lord is giving you specific power to do more than you usually can do, uh, you are kind of limited by your by your body and by your time constraint, and that's just a reality of life. Other times, I think that we we need to look ourselves in the mirror and tell ourselves to suck it up. Be like, yeah, it's hard and it sucks, but it's not going to get easier. So you you can't just sit here and not do anything about it. Well, yeah. And you I, gotta you gotta break the habit, right? Because so yeah. much of it comes down to habit. And, and that's so true. And we don't want to be told that because it doesn't feel good. No. But. No. Like uh, one thing that I'm super glad that we did, and we're, we're doing now. We're, it's not perfect yet, but like we've been doing it for a week or so, and it's helped me so much with our scripture study, like uh, my personal scripture study. Oh, and it's our, helped our, with mine too. Our couple scripture study is. We started getting up at five thirty. It was yeah. it was at five, and we decided that was too that was early. Way too early. Um, like we, we we like lost all of our good quality time at night, and so we bumped it to five thirty. Which is funny that like thirty minutes has an actual difference, but it makes a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, because especially when you only have like two hours together, really, at night after the kids go down, or three yeah. hours after we do like the stuff we need to do. Uh, like thirty minutes is a big portion of that time. Mm-hmm. So we've been, we've been waking up at five thirty, and it was really hard the first couple of days. But yes, I was like so angry on the first. Oh, time. she was so grumpy. I was so grumpy. I was, I was so mad at you. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. I was very excited, and so like that the first day wasn't as bad, but the, the second and third day were harder. 
harder for me. And uh, I, I think the, like, that was a really great example for me where there was a problem that I recognized. And the only solution was to tell myself to, like, suck it up, create a new habit, and do better. And at some point, you can't give in to the namby pambiness of, of this world that wants to, Say like... Say that word again. Namby pamby. Mamby pamby. <laughs> it's a word I'm making up. Okay. Mamby pamby. Okay, good. I'm going to go pamby. I like that. That's the word. Namby pamby. And... Yeah, the world just, I feel like so much of our society wants to say, like, oh, you, they want to shash ass so hard that any feeling you have is legitimate and it means that you just need to give into it and, like, really feel that feeling. Sometimes you need to tell your feelings to shut up and be like, hey, I'm going to build a new habit so that I can overcome this. Emily's nodding, like I said, too much. Like, like I offended people. She's Maybe. Like, she's cringing for all the people that I've offended. <laughs> um, and I don't mean that like you can't have hard feelings or like it's not going to be hard sometimes and you don't need to like have real emotional moments. Mm-hmm. But it, it means that, and I this is my opinion, I might be totally wrong, but it means that you're not a slave to your emotions. Like you oh, are, right. like, yeah. you are not like, and you are not an object to be acted upon by the chemistry of your brain. Mm, interesting, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. So it, it does play a role, and you have to be legit. And you're like, you have to be honest with yourself, and you can't just ignore your feelings. Uh, but there comes a time where you have to just step up and take ownership of your life, and that means looking in the mirror and saying, "I'm going to change myself." Like, mm-hmm. if I want this outcome, I'm going to change, and I'm going to do something different. Yeah. And I can't get. I can't be like, I can't be validated into changing a behavior, right? Like there's no amount of validating my own feelings or having other people validate me that is going to change my behavior to get me what I want. And I think that this this is another great example. If you want these things in your life... If you want a certain education outcome in your in your family life, you have to make choices and structure your life to get those outcomes. Yeah. And so, if you want this, if you want the the savior to be involved in edu- in your education of your children, whether that's you homeschooling your children or you teaching your children outside of classroom hours when because they go to public school or private school or charter school. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want the Lord to be involved in that, like you have to make changes in your life to invite that spirit. And I'm telling myself this because I know that I need to make changes. So I'm not like being all high and mighty on people. Like I'm saying this as a person who's in need of the medication. Mm-hmm. Like I recognize that I need to make changes in my life and have better prayers and have more concentrated interactions with the Lord about our kids' education specifically. Oh, yeah. Me too. For sure. Okay. So. Okay. Any um, other practicals? Okay. Well, yes. I mean, there are a lot of other things I'd love to share. And I shared my tons of my like big takeaways on Instagram in a post. You'll have to just go find it. But one thing that was really important for me to learn, and I just learned this by talking with someone. It wasn't like something that the conference shared. But... We welcomed a new baby during the kindergarten year, and that is really hard. And it kind of just, like, threw everything 
out the window. And I, like, having a baby, having a new baby anyways, like, changes your whole routine. You don't even have a routine. You just are trying to, like, create some sort of routine. And it takes a really, really long time. And then once you do, it changes because the baby is older. And, like, the baby's changing, so your routine is changing. Something that I learned from someone was that the baby is the lesson. Because learning about a baby, learning about how to take care of a baby and to put someone else's needs first and to how to change a diaper and how to be a good helper and how to be patient while mom feeds the baby. Like those are all very good practical things for little kids to learn and they're really useful. And on some days when the only thing I can do is read a couple books to them while I'm nursing, like, and I feel guilty about that. I don't have to feel guilty. The baby's the lesson sometimes. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Yeah. And I think especially, and you haven't said this specifically, mm-hmm. but especially from a Latter-day Saint perspective, and I think a general Christian perspective, when you think about the purpose of this life, mm-hmm. it is to learn. Yeah. But it's not necessarily overtly about learning academic subjects yeah i think that was a huge emphasis for the conference too i say i think academic subjects are extremely important Mm -hmm. um, because they help us do a whole bunch of stuff but i think i think academic subjects and professional subjects are important because they help us be better parents yep absolutely yeah and a lot of it a lot of the conference emphasis was on like life skills and learning to love learning learning how to be curious and learning learning how to find out information on your own or teaching your kids how they can find out information about their interests on their own Mm -hmm. instead of um just following the public school curriculums yeah you know i listened to a really good podcast the other day by oh it was jordan peterson and Oh, gosh, he's some politician from Canada talking about the Canadian election. They're talking about, like, North American and and Western education in general. And they were talking about how the education system was designed, at least how how it is today, was designed to basically churn out factory workers, where you're in one place and you are mechanically going through uh, certain activities designed to produce similar outcomes mm-hmm. as, as everyone else that's as going through the activity. And that's really great to a degree. It's better than nothing for sure. Right. And so like it helps a ton. Uh, and I, I don't want to get too much into like bashing public school. No, I, I can, I have lots of complaints with the way that public, uh, the schooling system is, is set up and with the way society is set up right now, but we don't need to get into that too much. But just this idea that uh, what we're really trying to teach are eternal principles. And there are secular education topics or there are secular topics that are really beneficial in implementing eternal principles like math and reading and, and poetry and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But the, all of those are supportive of eternal truths yeah. or can be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to kind of address some of the questions that I got on Instagram throughout the 
the homeschool conference, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so one, the most common question I got was, what, like, what curriculum are they encouraging? And my answer to that is, honestly, most of these people at the conference, I feel like, didn't like the curriculum system. Like how you, it's, they call it like box curriculum, where you you pick a company and you order all the subjects every year for every kid. Um, the vibe that I got was that for the most part, you get really excited about it and then it lasts a tiny bit of time and then you realize it doesn't work for you and then you throw it out. And so with that mindset... Um, and I can only generalize. I can only generalize because I only went to this conference with a select number of people like that. I can't speak. Yes, generalize. So go on. Okay. So it seems like most people pick like I'm using this curriculum for math and I'm using this curriculum for reading or science or whatever. I'm for reading. We are reading this many books or we are going to be memorizing poetry or whatever. So they have like kind of their own things going on where they may be using a curriculum for like one or two subjects. Interesting. That's what it seems like. Personally, we've been using the good and the beautiful for math and science. I was kind of doing my own thing with reading for Hiram this year because he... I mean, it's kindergarten, so we're, like, just reading to him and learning the alphabet and um, trying sight words and stuff. And it, it just wasn't clicking with him like I expected it to. And what I'm learning is that that's okay. Like, we have this system of grade levels that's so almost, like, arbitrary. It is extremely like, helpful when dealing with general... Pop, yes, but I was getting so worked up that like, oh my gosh, kindergarten's over and Hiram maybe knows the alphabet. Like, maybe, probably yeah. not. And that was just like giving me a pit in my stomach. Like I failed, but like we worked the entire year on it. And so, I don't know, that's kind of like a whole different thing. But <clears throat> so into the summer, we're just, we're continuing to work on some reading skills and alphabet and like putting words together, letters together to make words and stuff like that. So I'm kind of doing that on my own. Um, and then we're using the good and the beautiful for math and he loves it. He loves it so much. It's really, really easy as a parent to use the good and the beautiful um, because it, it tells you almost like a script, like what to say that makes sense to the kid because I would explain something probably a lot more, a lot different, a lot more differently. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Hiram just like, if he's clicking with math and the way that the good and the beautiful teaches it is awesome so far. So, and then we are also using the good and the beautiful for science. We are doing the arthropods. I think that's what it's called. It's like the bugs and insects and he's loving that. So that's working out well. That's, my spiel on curriculums and i'm sure that with time i will have changed opinions and different opinions um another question we got was what is your homeschool time frame or like school year i would say that 
um, again, we just have like preschool and kindergarten. So we are spending maybe an hour a day on school and we've decided to do more of like a year round system where we go the whole year, but we take breaks as needed. So when we're on vacation, we're on vacation. If we feel like, you know what, we're just going to take this week off. We're just going to take that week off. And it's like not a big deal. But we are going through the summer because I just don't feel like ready yet to have like a ginormous like summer break. Well, the whole idea of summer break in the education system is so antiquated in like a post-agricultural society. Like why are we why are we basing our school system still around like the agricultural cycle? Because we had summer break. So kids could work on the farm. How many How many kids now, right now in 2022, this is summer, have said, you know what? I'm so glad I'm, I'm done with my fifth grade homework because I, I need to go work on the farm for four months and then go back. You know. Hilariously, it's like the homeschool kids that have the farm. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, so like they don't, the, their families aren't, aren't dependent upon their labor to make ends right. meet. Yeah. And like, that's why we did it as like a society and it, may, it had its place and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but like, why on earth are we still doing that? I don't know. Because it, like, it doesn't seem to make sense. Like you get so out of practice of mm-hmm. everything. And and I'm not saying we're anti-break because we're not like, we are still going to take breaks. Oh, and we have I- taken breaks, but this, the whole summer break system, um, we're probably not going to use that. Yeah, I'm so. thinking like think back to high school. Like, how much easier would it have been if like your especially your classes that built on each other, like your math, math. classes and whatnot. Yeah. Like, how much easier would it have been if you had like little two week breaks throughout the year as opposed to like one giant break where mm-hmm. you did nothing. In my case, but like shoot, go on dates, play football, and play video games. Like that's all I did during the summer. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like. I still read and whatnot, but like I wasn't actively working on my calculus in preparation <laughs> for the next year's math. Yeah. So like, if you could get rid of that, like how much better your, like your, I don't know, your academic growth would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, that's my opinion. Anyway, so what's the last, I think okay, you have one more question. There's right? one more question. What are the types of homeschooling and what type are you? And I'm not going to go through all the types. There's, um, there's a lot. There's, I, I don't know. I don't remember the number. It's like 10 or something. I don't know. Like specific types of homeschooling. And I would say that so far we're more of just like eclectic because we're just still learning about all the things and all the different types. So eclectic is like a big mash of all of them. Yeah. There's off the top of my head, there's unschooling which is more like child-led um and like a lot less structure and like a lot less format no curriculum it's very very relaxed yeah which which i have a problem with like at least like the philosophy behind it it part of the problem with these like methods and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming I'm offending someone, so I apologize. Oh, I'm sure you are. This is yep. just my take on this. And so if you disagree, call up. We'll have you on the podcast. You can defend your 
we can we can have a discussion. I'm not going to make you defend it. We'll have a discussion about it. Um, I I think that children are not sovereign in the same way that adults are sovereign, mm-hmm. right? Like they're not fully capable physically, emotionally, or spiritually of making their own choices fully yet, mm-hmm. right? And so I think to give put them in charge of like their education, like put them fully in charge of it seems seems rash. I'll I'll just say that. Okay. I could see myself embracing it later. Not maybe not fully, but um I think principles of it. I think definitely. I just I don't understand. This is maybe my lack of understanding, but I don't understand how to do that when you have kids that can't read yet. I feel like you have to have your kids to the point where they can read so that they can read about things for themselves. If it's going to be child-led, they have to learn yeah. how to learn how to learn. Yeah, and maybe we need to have somebody on who I don't know, I don't know if we need to have somebody on. We've, we've had several episodes about homeschooling. Yeah, I just need to um, talk to someone more uh, yeah, about unschooling. Right, because I would want to say like, okay, but at some point you have to sit them down and tell them, I get that you don't want to learn this. It doesn't matter. You still have to learn this, right? Yeah. Because again, children are not sovereign in the same way that adults are sovereign. Mm-hmm. Like they have been entrusted to us by God for us to civilize the barbarians. Civilize the barbarians. Right? And we as a society, <laughs> like this, this is like religious thing, but it's also just like a societal thing. Like we recognize that that's the case. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why children can't buy alcohol. Children can't like go to the doctor without their parents signing for them. Yeah. Like, we recognize that children are sub-sovereign. Like, they're developing sovereignty, but it, they have to develop it. It's not just a given. And, or, I mean, it is a given. They, they, like, they haven't been, they haven't fully developed enough to the point where they can fully claim sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And so, like this idea that we're just not going to challenge them or like we're going to let them decide it seems crazy to me yeah and i just maybe it's just that we don't know a whole yeah, lot about unschooling is, to even that's true so i might be totally wrong this yeah. is my my, my uh my there's thing. a lot of different types of of homeschool methods um you can you can google them and find them easily so i won't i won't go into that but i would say that we are so far more eclectic as we're just learning about right. The different kinds and what we like. Yeah. And, what and let me say, say we're not experts. and we're, Everything we're saying is probably wrong. It's very likely. We're going to find out like next week that like, oh, no, we disagree with everything we've said. So it's very likely. So don't be too offended if I've offended you because I'm probably wrong. Yeah. How has this, this experience strengthened your testimony and how do you want to use your homeschooling to strengthen the testimony of your kids? our kids our our together kids well i from the things that i've learned i just really love that we get to do this together as a family we know that our family is the most important thing and i just like want to be together with you guys all the time (laughs) (laughs) um but that 
that Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ get to be a part of every single part of our lives, and that includes our homeschool life, which is life, you know, and that we get to learn from Him and and together, and I just love the togetherness of it, and I just hope that my kids love it too, I guess. I hope that they see that education isn't only about learning from a textbook, but it's about learning learning the gospel. It's about learning to be a family. It's about learning to, to be kind and to get along and to serve each other and love each other. Well, honey, thank you for sharing all of your, your thoughts and your lessons and all of like your plans with us. You're welcome. There's a lot more I could word vomit on you, but I wouldn't do it very well. So, <laughs> But if you well, want to hear or if you want to read the other points, they're all on my Instagram, in an Instagram post. Um, so, and if you want to go to this conference next year, it's in May. There's one in Orem and there's one in the East Coast area. Somewhere in maybe, maybe Virginia. I maybe hope Virginia. Hopefully yeah. it's there so we can go, go visit. Yeah. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please reach out and engage with us. We love hearing from you guys. We are, we are going to have several listener-suggested episodes in the next few weeks. Yes. Uh, because you reached out and said, hey, we want to have so-and-so on. We think so-and-so would be great. It has a good, have a good message. We have another uh, educator, actual professional educator, not a homeschool educator, who's going to be joining us in the next few weeks. I'm really excited for that that episode. We had like a planning session with him today and I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped about it. Yeah, and this episode was requested by a lot of people on Instagram. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it and you can share it in your stories too. Yeah. So other people that are maybe considering homeschool will have just a little bit of content to listen to even if it's yeah. Not by the, professionals, and but. to get the the conversation going, this yeah, this our podcast has never been like the be all end all source for wisdom no. on any subject. We're here just to kind of talk about these subjects and hope help people get conversations started in their own family. Yeah, absolutely. So if you are liking this wonderful, beautiful podcast because my wife's here, uh, be sure to leave <laughs> a leave a rating and review wherever you listen, but especially on Apple Podcasts. I think that's where we get most of our most of our ratings and listens from uh, if you can do that that would be fantastic especially mention Emily stop and how great she is stop and it and how wonderful <laughs> she is she always enjoys the pep talks so oh my gosh uh, we, we, I, I would be personally grateful for it you're sweet uh, please keep the faith and do the good things yeah see ya bye